stuff. Welcome to episode 32 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found my show. It's where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to Justin Roberts. Justin Roberts has appeared on our 4 Plus 1 countdown many times, and we saw him at Ravinia in the Chicagoland area over the summer. He put on a great, great show. Really, really fun. Everybody enjoyed it, even my parents. And he's got a brand new album out called Lemonade, and this album came out last Friday, which is October 14th, and today's October 17th, so it is available for you to find on all of the ways that you get your music. I had a really fun time talking to Justin. We covered a lot of different areas, from how he played guitar so fast on the song Pop Fly, to how the ancient language of Sanskrit influenced him writing Willie Was a Whale. Really, really fun. Really, really interesting. Great talk with Justin Roberts. There will also be a 4 plus 1 countdown. All of the songs that my kids want to listen to in my car over and over, plus one that I try to get them to listen to. If you're enjoying the Good Stuff Kids podcast, do a favor. Do me a favor. Like a little favor. Why not do me a favor, right? Share it with a friend or two. We've got some nice momentum going, having a great time doing the show, bringing all kinds of different good stuff to kids and families. Hope you all are enjoying. For any and everything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, you can go to www.goodstuffpod.com, www.goodstuffpod.com. Thanks a lot. And if you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show, you can hear the brand new Justin Roberts song, Dodgeball, in its entirety. And it is a fun one. Thanks a lot. Talk to you at the end of the show. That's right. The top four songs that my kids have requested over and over, plus one that I try to get them to listen to. Coming in at number four this week is a little bit of a departure for our very, very kid-friendly countdown. It is The Battle of Yorktown from the Hamilton soundtrack. And I'm only going to play a little snippet of this. There is some questionable language at the end of it, but the fact that my daughter wanted to listen to this over and over and over again, especially this one particular part, shows me that we are truly related because it's my absolute favorite part of the Hamilton soundtrack. That's right. Hercules Mulligan. Tell a spine on the British government. I take the measurements, information, and then I smuggle it. Right to my brother's revolutionary covenant. Ah, that's so good. Hercules Mulligan. Can't really beat that. Coming in at number three is La La Lemon from the Bare Naked Ladies. This one is a classic. If you don't know it, you're gonna love it. La 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 Lemon. La 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 Light Bulb. La 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 lamppost. This is fun. La 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 in my oatmeal. I, I think we're almost there. I just I was. And coming in at number two is Fire Truck by Ivan Ulls because sometimes you just need a song about a fire truck. Fire truck, fire truck. I want to ride on a fire truck. Fire truck, hey, fire truck. Number one, an all-time favorite from Raffi, Apples and Bananas. I like to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I like to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I like to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I like to eat, 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 apples and bananas. 
And our plus one this week is a little bit of a deep cut. It's the final come down from Grant Green. Grant Green is one of the all-time best jazz guitar players. Think you'll like this one. I know I do because it's funky. If you like anything and everything that you've heard on this week's 4 Plus 1 Countdown, then you can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these artists. Welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Justin Roberts is here, and this is a big day. We should say we're recording this on October 14th. And why don't you tell me? Tell me, why is this such a big day? It's a big day because it's the release date of my new record, Lemonade. And it's now available everywhere uh, in the world. So uh, it's kind of exciting watching people respond to it. Yeah. So how has response been so far? It's been great. You know, I did a pledge music campaign to raise money for the record, and a lot of the people got their records, uh, I guess, maybe almost two weeks ago in advance of the release. And uh, just recently, I was visiting with a family that got the record, and the kids had already memorized the lyrics to Dodgeball and a few of the other songs. Yeah. uh, It's kind of cool to see it just become a part of people's lives. Yeah. Is is there a sense of, like, what goes through your head? On the morning of a of a record release, you're like, well, I guess it's out there. Time to uh, time to make the donuts or what? What's yeah, going? What's going on? Strange. Uh, yeah, you know, there's all this build up, and then when you finally have it out, you're like, okay, now what do I do? Like, <laughs> now I have to move on to something else. I've been thinking not, nothing uh-huh. about nothing but the lemonade release, and now it's available and it's in, you know, it's out in the world and. Okay, now I have to figure out what I'm doing next. Right, right. And how long? <laughs> so. yeah, well, I, you know, take your time. I think take your time. Thanks. I think I think the, <laughs> the, the record's really good. Uh, I spent the morning listening to it here. Um, how how long was this one in production? Um, this one, uh, I probably was working on it for at least a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent a lot of time writing the songs, and uh, because I was trying to make sort of a simpler record than my last full-length recess, Mm -hmm. which after that I'd done a musical, which was a whole different detour uh, based on Hansel and Gretel. Uh So I wanted to do something kind of simple, and I really tried to, like, write songs that I could just play on a ukulele or on guitar by myself and not think so much about writing for a band, Mm -hmm. which is what I've done for the past three or four records with Recess and Popfly and Meltdown and all those. Um, And so it was really hard to write simply again. Like my earlier records tend to be pretty simple and folky. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of trouble forcing myself to write in that way. Uh So it took me longer than usual to write the songs. But once I got going and we went into the studio and recorded some of the songs, I got more inspired and was able to finish it. Because I kind of, we recorded this one like live in a room, which was really different. Oh, cool. That's fun. Yeah. The other records are done more in a traditional way where you record bass and drums and you add on the other instruments and you sing the vocals later and you add on everything else and this one was uh gerald dad was playing like weird percussion instruments like a cardboard box snare no fun. And paint cans and salt shakers and in that same room 
uh, Robbie Folks was playing acoustic guitar and banjo, and John Abbey was playing upright bass. And then I was in another room, but playing live and doing ukulele and singing live and uh, a little bit of guitar. And we recorded the basic tracks like that, and we added, you know, cellos and trumpets and yeah. other background vocals to it. Nice. But uh, for the most part, it's all live. Nice. Just fun and different. Well, it's, and, it's very fun and different, and uh, it, you can hear it. It's like it feels a little looser, maybe, right? Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. So that's and great. Things are happening in the moment. I mean, there's actually I can't remember which song it is. It might be Tree Home or something. But Robbie's playing some riff on guitar at some point and I you can almost I can hear myself smiling while I'm singing <laughs> yeah oh that's so I nice heard what he'd done yeah um and the very end of uh there's a song called eight-legged octopus and it sounds like an echo pedal at the very end uh where we're all kind of playing the same chord over and over but it actually was done live and we all laughed at the end and we left it on the record <laughs> it's good that it was actually done live and yeah. It was in the moment. And yeah. So that's not dropped in. The laugh is real, no, folks. That is, is a real laugh. It's a little closer to where it happened because we're all professionals and we know to wait and be silent. Until yeah. <laughs> the thing is totally done. Yeah. Yeah. There's maybe three more seconds and I was like, Liam, let's leave that in and push it yeah. forward. So nice. Can hear it. Nice. Um, so but we're going to get to the new record, but I have to. I have to go back a little bit just sure. for, just for a, a few things um, that. Um, that have resonated with my family uh, of yours for, for several years um, and some questions that I've, I've always wanted to ask. Um, right. So you, you amongst like uh, Lori Berkner and Casper Baby Pants were sort of the initial inspirations to, to sort of do this podcast because I heard your music oh, wow. and I was like, this is like so good. How, how did I not know about this? So to, to, the idea is to, to hear what you're doing and to sort of get it out into the world. Um, and the first song of yours that I was like blown away by was Pop Fly. And it's a great song, but as a musician myself, the question I have is, who is playing that insane acoustic guitar strumming like I've never heard someone strum an acoustic guitar in, in my life? That's a good question. I think it's me. Yeah. I mean, if it's... Uh... I think I did play acoustic guitar. Yeah, on that, that's some I, serious. I don't remember now. <laughs> but, you were playing so fast, it blurred and it blocked out. It's fast yeah, playing. Because uh, I think Liam's playing electric guitar. It's been so long, I can't even remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was playing live on. I mean, I don't think I was playing live, but I think I played it after we were done recording. Yeah, that's some some um, fast drumming. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it's fast. It's fast singing as well. I, yeah. I wrote that song on a computer, like. I write a lot of my later material where I actually write and record at the same time and add instruments and other voices and harmonies and that sort of thing and demo it out and then we do it in the studio. I apologize <laughs> if you're squeaking my puppy killing a sheep right now. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. We, 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 we'll we appreciate all kinds. We appreciate all kinds of interruption on, on, uh, on the show. That um, is no problem. But uh, what I was going to say, oh, is that when I was writing it, I was kind of writing the lyrics in little chunks and adding things, and it's pretty rapid-fire lyrics. Mm -hmm. And after I finished the whole song, I realized it was really hard to sing live because there's no break oh. in the in the lyrics. Yeah, no, it just goes from one thing to another. No time to breathe. Yeah, yeah, it's just all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And so live, I have to drop out one of the lyrics, and Liam and Gerald sing that while I take a breath so that I can sing the chorus. Oh, wow, yeah. Which is sort of a funny problem to have. Instead of writing it, just sitting down and singing, I was like 
you know, cutting and pasting the yeah. lyrics and never having to sing the whole line. Oh, all that's, that's so fun. I mean, the process is so interesting uh, just to hear how, how that one came, came about. And, um, so I was reading a, a New York times article about you, obviously uh -huh. this morning as I was preparing and, um, you know, my daughters are uh, three and five, and they love uh -huh. they love Willie was a whale, which awesome. is a great song in in and of itself. But what I did not know was that you wrote that while you were studying Sanskrit. So I did. that's a kind of an amazing thing. So I don't, I guess, like a two second overview of what Sanskrit is and how that can turn into like a super catchy song for anyone to enjoy. Well, to um. Two of my bigger hits, I would say, are uh, Willie Was a Whale and Yellow Bus. Mm -hmm. And Yellow Bus, I wrote when I was supposed to be... These were both when I was in, I was in graduate school at the University of Chicago uh -huh. doing a degree in religious studies. Uh -huh. And uh, I was supposed to be doing a uh, French language exam when I wrote Yellow Bus. <laughs> I, had, I was supposed to be studying for it, and I picked up my guitar and started playing and wrote Yellow Bus. Uh -huh. And I was not planning on being a children's musician. I'd, I'd made a kid's record called great big sun uh -huh. but i was i was planning on getting a phd and uh becoming a professor in religion oh wow at the time and i was studying uh buddhism when i first got there in the philosophy of religions department and so sanskrit was the first language of many that i would have had to take if i continued down that path um and you know it's a, a dead language uh that isn't spoken anymore but it is the root of a lot of a lot of languages and learning it the first year you're basically just having to figure out the script which is almost like math because letters uh everything's kind of pushed together and when certain letters come together they form other letters and you have this long list of symbols that you have to figure out where the breaks are with no clue as to where they are you have to sort of take apart the it's the most complicated thing I've ever had to learn. So I've been spending probably seven hours a day studying Sanskrit in my other classes I hardly did anything for. And when I was about ready to lose my mind, I picked up my guitar and I started uh, writing Willie Was a Whale. Wow. Just started singing it for no reason. So I think it's fascinating that you were in the midst of like heavy academic lifting and you're studying Sanskrit and world religions and, and Buddhism and that's heavy stuff. And then out comes... Yellow bus, you're taking too long. And, and then out comes Willie was a whale. And I think that um, there's something about like what's bubbling up underneath in that. Um, yeah. and, and that like you were, you were supposed to be doing this kid's music thing. Like you have this knack for it. Did you yeah. feel that or were you just like, oh, this is interesting? Well, uh, you know, I had no reason to be writing these songs anymore because I'd already made the record that I thought was going to be the only kid's record I'd ever make. Uh -huh. And... But there was something really freeing about writing in that genre where I could sort of write anything. I could write a song that was silly alliteration like Willie Was a Whale. Uh -huh. um, and it made me laugh, you know, and I was by myself like yeah. doing something silly. And I yeah. was like, this is kind of a good break because my brain hurts. And <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so it sort of was the perfect antidote, I think, for what I was working on. Yeah, um, that's great. And as Liam, my producer who I've worked with, you know, for the past 16 years will remind me when I say, well, I used to write, you know, sometimes I get like thinking, oh, I'm not writing these silly songs that are just nonsense. Like I used to, that are really fun. Like Willie Was a Whale. And he'll be like, 
Yeah, but that song's kind of about a whale getting alienated in the desert, and there's yeah. some kind of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lesson to be learned from yeah, Willie. But I really, you know, that with the new record, I sort of was actively thinking about how I'd written songs back then when it was a little bit more like, I don't have a care in the world, I don't have an audience, I'm just, I'm just writing things that are appealing to me at the moment, in the moment, mm -hmm. and. So I tried to return to that yeah. in the songs I was writing on yeah. this record. So, so back to the new record. Um, Lemonade is the name, yeah. um, and Lemonade's the first song, and Lemonade is an awesome song. And, like, you know, there's something about Lemonade and, you know, seeing a lemonade stand. Um, you know, when my kids, when we're driving and we see one, we have to stop. So what was the inspiration for, for that particular piece? That, you know, that was the very first song I wrote for the record, and um, I, you know, it's one of those subject matters that you think it's like an iconic thing, and I thought, well, a lot of people have written songs about lemonade stands, and I don't know if I should do it too, but how, if I did it, how would I um, do something that felt meaningful to me and uh, was still fun, and I think I, I mean, you know, the sweet and sour thing of lemonade and the perfect balance of that is, is so, uh, sorry. Yeah, there it is. The sweet and sour thing is perfect. Kind of the, what the whole song's about, which is growing up and it's a beautiful thing to get older and do things like have a lemonade stand and pretend you're a grown up mm. and sort of, you know, uh, have this feeling of, of, wow, I can, you know, whatever, make money and, and meet neighborhood people and, and do something like a grown up. Um, but also as a grown up, you think oh the summer's ending and, uh, you know, there's that kind of melancholy feeling when I reflect back on like my brother having a lemonade stand when I was a kid and watching him, you know, sell lemonade. Yeah. And, right. Right. Know, it's sort of, it's sort of, fit into something that really moved me. And, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I go for when I write songs is to find something that as an, an, an adult does something to me. Maybe it makes me laugh or it it's, uh, makes me feel something. Yeah. And then I kind of tap into that and write and hope mm -hmm. that it reaches kids as well in the yeah. same place. Well, I think that that also, um, that thematic sort of thing rings through and must be this tall. Right, yep. so that's the the story of a of a. Well, you can tell us the story of, of yeah, what it is. Yeah, you know that the the same theme just started appearing, and I don't really plan these things, but uh -huh. uh, that one actually, a friend of mine who's a, a grown person <laughs> uh, <laughs> sent me. And then she, her kid is, you know, I don't know how old now, maybe seventeen or something like that. But she sent me a little note, a text actually. She said you should write a song about trying to ride on the roller coaster and finding out if you're tall enough. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. I can't believe it. I've never thought of it. Yeah. And I started looking online and researching. Uh, uh, but anyway, she, I, I started looking online and like, I, for some reason, couldn't think of what the phrase was. And, you know, I looked up what is the, what's the measurement generally for a roller coaster. And I saw, oh yeah, it must be this tall to ride. And I probably wrote three different songs with different melodies with the same general idea until I got to the one I ended up using. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing I liked about it was it felt like a very formulaic, iconic folk song kind of um, thing where you repeat the title over and over. 
in a way that people can sing along from the very first time they ever hear yeah. it. And yeah. that was kind of what I was wanting to do. Um, you know, but as I wrote it, it's, it's one of those things where you think that feeling of wondering if you're going to be ready for something, uh, you know, whether you're an adult or a kid, whether you're going to be tall enough to like withstand whatever's coming your way or whatever you have to do is, you know, something I can relate to now, yeah. you know, as a yeah. middle-aged man. <laughs> and so, you know, in that metaphor is where I find the place to write something and have it mean, meaningful to me, yeah. which I think is, yeah. is the point. I think that's something that you do very well is that the, the music is meaningful to you. Um, and I refer back to that article that I read in the New York times. You can, you can, listeners can Google it and, and see what I'm talking yeah. about, but like you're, you're not afraid to go there. Right. And, and that can yeah. be, and you're not afraid to go there in a couple ways. You're not afraid to go there with the, the really upbeat, happy, silly, like Willie was a will. And you're also not afraid to like have the real emotion on the record and, and kids can deal with that. Um, I think yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, no, and, I, and kids not only deal with it, they they embrace it. I find that they're craving some of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certain kids especially, but uh, the reactions I get sometimes to those songs always surprise me. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's one certain kids respond to that I you know don't even expect it. Right. Which is what's great about that's it? That's great. That's a great thing. Um, so we're gonna switch gears on you a little bit. I noticed. Yeah. Are you wearing a soccer jersey right now? Is that true? Okay, so so there's a, there's a sports sort of motif that goes through um, that that runs through some of the music and Pop Fly was one that we talked about a little bit, yeah. but Dodgeball, you do this amazing job of sort of uh, capturing the feeling of the kid that doesn't really want to play. So this is a twofold question, yeah. and, and this could go one of either ways. One, are these biographical, um, and if so. Thank you for sharing the other side because I always loved sports. I always loved gym class and loved yeah. dodgeball and all that. And if it's not, um, as someone who does like sports, how do you put yourself in those kids' shoes? Well, as a kid, I absolutely did not like sports. Uh-huh. Uh, I that's part of the reason why I probably gravitated towards music and you know started a band in high school rather than playing uh, sports. I played a little tennis and, and things like that when I was younger, but, uh, like in terms of pop fly, that was totally my experience. Uh-huh. I was terrible at baseball and I would stand in the outfield and my mind would wander. Uh-huh. And I think the one time I almost hit the ball, it went foul. Like, but most of the times <laughs> I struck out, uh-huh. um, you know, and dodgeball was definitely like the kind of thing where I, you know, was yeah. just you know, anxious about getting out and not really enjoying the whole situation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's basically autobiographical, um, but as an adult, more recently, I've become a fan. I like I like watching the World Cup a lot. And mm-hmm. I uh, have become a baseball fan. It's pretty easy to be a baseball fan in Chicago right now. Right, right, um, right. Um, but I've been really enjoying that and finding. Well, I actually do like being a sports fan and. Uh, I still don't play a lot of sports, but uh-huh. I, uh, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I like I like the physical element of it, but I. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's uh, well. Thanks for sharing. It's not easy always to to admit that uh, we don't excel at at dodgeball. It's a hard yes. thing. It's a tough thing. So thank you for your and candor. I, I was uh, with a family the other day that um, 
was part of my pledge music campaign and they had picnic with my puppy and uh <laughs> the uh one of the daughters lauren um had was had memorized the lyrics to dodgeball and she was like this is exactly how i feel like i'd rather be in art class i, I don't want to i want to like be in chorus all day i don't yeah. want to play dodgeball yeah, and, like yeah. she got the whole the whole gist of what yeah. the song was about yeah it totally resonated with her which is like amazing I'm yeah like, wow that, it worked. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a bigger thing at work there, too, which is important for educators to hear and important for gym teachers to Like, for anyone, it's like that, that kids, you know, excel at different things. And, and, like, some kids love math. Some kids love art. Some kids love dodgeball. And, and to, to sort of be the voice for that kid is, is a special thing. So thanks for doing that. It's really yeah. nice. It's really nice. Um, that's so, definitely me. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we I'm saw. Not very good at sports. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's great. It's great. Um, so we saw you live in Ravinia in uh, oh, cool. that that was August and oh, cool. yeah yeah yeah. So we um, as someone who's done some little kid music, never on the scale that you did, but um, we, I was very impressed at the way that you immediately, like from the beginning, brought everyone in physically right so it's uh-huh. different than sports physically but like hand yeah. motions and making sure that everyone was engaged was that something that was that something of the live show that took a while to get to or did you know from the start like if i'm going to do this no, i got it it absolutely was you know i i made this first record and i wasn't really going to be a kids musician but i played a couple like in stores at bookstores and things like that after i made it and uh <laughs> what, this what's going to be a great podcast. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the first time I ever played songs from Great Big Sun, it's like I played Great Big Sun where I had kids make a sun over their head. And I was a preschool teacher, so I kind of knew you had to keep them somewhat engaged. But then I tried to just play some of the songs, and the kids just wandered into the store and uh-huh. left. And I was like, oh, I really have to make sure every song has something that, that brings the audience back. Right. Because kids want to be a part of the performance. Um, and I realized, like, you know, it's not about being on stage and performing for the audience as much as it is everyone in the room is part of the performance. Right. And the families are together enjoying each other. And if you keep them involved in the music, that tends to happen more. Yeah. So great. Um, it's, fun. it's, you know, with new songs, I don't always have it right away. But I, over time, we'll watch the audience, see if someone's doing something fun and yeah. add that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your resources. Or other band members have really great suggestions sometimes with Lemonade. One time I was just trying to tune my ukulele at a show and Liam started talking to the audience and said and had them basically taking a sip of Lemonade and making this really exaggerated sound every time Uh I said Lemonade. And so now when we do that in concert, it's really funny. We sing Lemonade and we hear the whole audience going... Oh, perfect. And, yeah. You know, yeah, uh-huh. things like that. It's great. Really fun. That's great. Um, so my, my seven-year-old son who loves your music wants to know, uh-huh. and I don't, I, you know, this is a, this is a tough question. He wants okay. to know how you get the beat so good. Well, that's because I have the best drummer in the world, which is Gerald Dowd. <laughs> okay. Easy enough and then. Great drummers on other records too. But Gerald's been playing with me for, uh, 11 years I think now uh-huh. and so uh, he's he's I think he's one of the best drummers I've ever met in my life mm-hmm. and part of the reason is he listens to the song and plays to the song and so if you listen to something like um, I don't know one of my favorites is 
what he does is Sleep Over Land that's on Jungle Gym. Uh-huh. If you listen to the different sections of the song and listen to what the drums are doing, it's always different, but it always serves the song. Uh-huh. And he just is in the pocket. He just has a way of like nailing it. Yeah. It's Gerald. Yeah, it's Gerald. <laughs> that's I, the when secret. I, when I record my demos, I have to do a lot of what's called quantizing, where you uh, move the, the rhythmic things into the right place. Like if I'm doing the drums myself on a keyboard, I have to end up like fixing it or if I'm playing piano, I fix it a little bit. So yeah. it's all exactly in time and playing with Gerald. I know exactly where the beat is because he's, he's just so good solid. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's he's a great singer and he's funny and everything else. Yeah. That's a great, that's the great answer. Um, so I, I, I pick up a lot of different things in your music and, you know, there's some punky kinds of things in there and some, some reggae influence and some like a folky acoustic influence. So I was just wondering who are like maybe two or three of your biggest influences in music? Um, just off the top of my head, I would say, uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys in terms of melodic stuff. Um, uh, Elvis Costello was a big influence and, uh, you know, things like Fountains of Wayne or any kind of power pop melodic stuff. Uh-huh. But I did grow up in the eighties and, uh, kind of grew up on hardcore punk. Although <laughs> I was a little outside of that. Uh-huh. A lot of my friends were way into that. And so I would go to punk shows in Des Moines, Iowa and, uh, see, you know, crazy bands from New York and stuff that would come touring and playing in cornfields. And um, so, and that was where I discovered like Husker Du and the replacements and other bands that were a little more, a little more to my melodic liking. Uh-huh. Um, because although I did learn to like just straight up fast punk and, um, you know, things like the Ramones and stuff like that find their way into my music too, just yeah. because it's great melodic, yeah. and fast music. And, yeah. Um, so I would say those those sort of things. That's that's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, so Justin, how can we find out more about you and follow along with you and that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah, the best way is my website, which is justinrobertsmusic.com, and there's an email list on there. And I know that's pretty old fashioned, but I still think it's the best way for people to actually get information. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a Facebook page that uh, occasionally gets to the followers that I have on it. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, uh, you can visit me on Facebook or Twitter and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, my, my website and the email list, I think, is the number Great. one way to actually know if I'm coming to your town or if I have a new release out or a new video or anything like that. Cool. Well, Justin, thanks so much for your time on record release day, nonetheless. Thank you. Um, best of luck with the new record. And uh, thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Great to meet you. Thank cool. you. Thanks again to Justin Roberts for talking to me on Record Release Day. You can find Lemonade wherever it is that you find your music. You can find out everything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast at www.goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for being a listener. Thanks for being a supporter. And now, Justin Roberts' song, Dodgeball, from the brand new album, Lemonade. Thanks for listening. See you soon. I'd rather stay in art class Drag my fingers down the lockers with a hall pass Than have to play this game at all I wish they'd just ignore us Spend the whole day in chorus Then walk outside through the leaves in the fall Now do I get it over quick? Run to the nurse and pretend I'm sick 
Stuff. 